Welcome to Peer Into Recovery, a podcast with a focus on the profession of peer support. For more information about how to subscribe, please visit our website at www.vprsn.org. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, Danielle Donaldson. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Jim Kohaney about community inclusion. Jim is a registered certified peer recovery specialist, certified family support partner, and certified community health community health worker. He is currently in a new position as a community inclusion specialist for, for Henrico County, but has worked with the CSB since 2016 on their sort of community treatment team and psychosocial rehab treatment programs. Jim is also DBHDS certified as a trainer for the Peer Recovery Specialist Certificate Program and a Recovery Ally Trainer. Hi, Jim. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Danielle. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, I'm happy uh, that you're here, um, and I'm, I appreciate you coming on the podcast uh, to talk about your work as a community, in, sorry, I'm kind of stumbling over my words, community inclusion specialist, because I, I, I'm excited to learn more about it. Yes. So uh, just to begin, um, uh, just to give some people, the listeners, some background on how you uh began working in peer support? What led you to become a peer support specialist? Um, Yes, I actually, and probably like many people, I actually suffered um, in silence for for many, many years. Um, The big deterrent was stigma. I was, you know, so afraid of admitting I had a mental health or, you know, behavioral health challenge. Uh, Once again, too, um, society especially with my parents' generation, it was not discussed. Uh, We never discussed personal information about ourselves, any of our weaknesses. So I suffered uh, the majority of my my childhood um, and young adult life without even being diagnosed. Um, Once I got married and had children, um, my my kids started showing some signs of anxiety and depression. Um, as my son especially hit teenage years, um, it became um, really bad. He actually had several suicide attempts, um, and we started, you know, seeking treatment. Um, my wife and I started educating ourselves about mental health. Um, I didn't know anything about really mental health diagnosis or treatment. Um, it was through community stakeholders like Mental Health America Virginia and NAMI CVA that I started going to family support groups, um, peer support groups, um, education classes. Um, and I really started getting ed- educated about mental health. Um, I soon ended, ended up getting training with trauma-informed care through Mental Health America Virginia and facilitating uh, some of the peer-to-peer classes for NAMI Central Virginia. So it, it, it's, it ended up becoming a real passion. Um, and I actually, you know, found my purpose. Um, I went back to school and I, I got a degree in human services. And then I continued on um, at the University of Richmond. And then I, I ended up working for Henrico Mental Health as a certified peer recovery specialist. Um, I then went to Hanover County and worked on their clinical care coordinate, coordination team. And then I came back to... Um, Henrico and continued on their assertive community treatment team as a peer. And then I um, 
I'm currently working under a grant fund through the Department of Behavioral Health as um, kind of a new career, a community inclusion specialist. So that's a little bit about my, um, my past history, but it's been a transformation and a journey. And um, it's, it's just been a growth, something about growing and changing and just being out there to serve others. That, that's that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story. So for those of uh, those who have not heard the term b- before, uh, what does community inclusion mean? Well, community inclusion, it's it's a little bit different than being in a recovery community. Um, you know, when we think of, of treatment programs, uh, we always like people to to have peers that are in recovery. So a recovery community could be um, a support group, a treatment program, a halfway house, um, you know, work, working under or with a, a specified team. But community inclusion is actually working your recovery in the community, um, participating in mainstream community life, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're trying to do is to get the word out there and partner with churches, organizations, nonprofits, uh, you name it, to be welcoming um, to, to those of us who are in recovery and give us a place just to be like everyone else. Yeah, so I imagine that must be kind of a, a, a challenge because, of course, as a, speaking as a peer myself, you know, obviously, um, you know, we want to be, we want to live our lives as we want to live them and, and to do the things that we want to do and not be excluded um, from any of those because of our challenges. But it's obviously a, a kind of a, a, a balancing act because there's there's two parts of community inclusion. You know, there's there's the peer itself themselves, but then the community aspect. So um, how do you get uh, the community, you know, quote unquote, a community, and that obviously is a very broad term. How do you get them involved or excited about this this concept? Well, it's it's been especially hard with the pandemic and COVID. Uh, once again, um, the mass population has been in isolation, but it's it's much harder for people that are already stigmatized and discriminated against and marginalized because of their 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 mental health or behavioral health or disability. So so a big part of this is actually you know um, first of all getting with with the peer themselves and trying to help them explore and identify their own self-directed um, community resources and, and how they want to be out in the community. Um, a lot of times when, when, we, when we talk with people, you know, we ask them, you know, so, so what are your likes? What did you do before? Um, you know, we go through a list. Do you have family support? Um, you know, what are your hobbies? Um, the second thing we're, we're working on is trying, of course, to educate the community um, about mental health about substance abuse, about um, diagnosis treatment, and also the challenges to, and the obstacles to get people back in the community living their best life. Um, you know, so what we also do is we try to reach out to, once, I, once again, local area businesses, um, and we're trying to get them to become recovery allies and partners. Um, 
And once again, we want them to be welcoming contributors to community inclusion. Um, the main thing is to recognize that in community inclusion plays an important part of, of everybody's recovery process. Um, another thing we're asking for is, you know, to have the growth and the access to inclusive drop-in or virtual centers um, in the Richmond metro area. Um, and as well, as far as I know, there's only one in Chesterfield, which would be Friends for Recovery. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one in Roanoke on our own and Charlottesville. Uh, so we're trying to get some more drop-in centers where people can just come and be, whether it's just having a cup of coffee, uh, playing a board game, um, maybe listening to music, karaoke, um, just to come in and, and just to be with other folks. Uh, once again, too, a lot of our, 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 our people don't have transportation um, and they're, they're having a hard time getting to places. So they're staying isolated, um, staying isolated and at home. Um, we're also looking you know, to, to help advocate at the legislative level for behavioral health funding Mm -hmm. um, which include inclusive community campaigns uh, to get a campaign out there to say, you know, to the rest of the community, we're just like you. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that everybody's on the spectrum somewhere, um, especially with all the trauma that has occurred in our culture. Um, you know, everybody's either depressed, has anxiety. Uh, we watch the news. We see terrible things. So um, just think it's the community to realize we're just like everybody else um, and that we need to belong and we have a right to belong. Um, you know, another thing is to gauge, engage and support citizenship and civic opportunities. Um, we help, you know, we help with self-improvement, education and employment. Um, and the big thing is to remember is that community inclusion, once again, is self-determined, it's determined by the person um, with the dignity of risk that people have the right to at least try it if they fail, you know, uh, just like with any other kind of treatment. Um, peer support plays a big role too. You know, we go out and we actually will meet people uh, for the first time or, or continually take them to new places in the community that they might not necessarily want to go by themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's always great to go with another person. Um, we also link people to recreation and leisure activities and spiritual and places of worship, you know. Um, so are you working a lot one-on-one um, -on -one, uh, then uh, as, this, as a community inclusion specialist? Well, right now we are because of COVID. So what I will actually do is for somebody that might be uh, graduating services, and, and once again, our, our and behavioral health, our, our outcomes are for the person to live as independently as they can and take charge of their own recovery. So right now, due to COVID, we are, I am working one-on-one -on -one, and I will have an interview with somebody and see what obstacles they're having to getting out into the community. Um, definitely strength-based, see what strengths they have, what likes they have, uh, what future plans they have to get out in the community. Um, you know, because once again, we know that, you know, people that have behavioral health challenges have much higher rates of recovery, wellness, and life expectancy when involved in welcoming and nurturing communities. So right now it is one-on-one. -on -one. 
Um, COVID restrictions look like they're going to clear up. So we are going to start getting some, uh, some groups going out, um, some meetup groups. Um, and that's usually through Facebook or meetup or some form of social media um, to get people even just to go out and have pizza on a Saturday afternoon. Um, maybe to go walk at the James River um, just to be together. And then once again, to be included with the rest of the community. That's, that's the main goal. So do people have to be referred to you uh, for your services or is this available to anyone who's involved with Henrico County mental health? Well, well, usually it's for people um, that would be maybe as of now graduating from any kind of services or even people receiving services. If they have a need to get out of the community, to work on their isolation, to work on their social skills. Um, I know for myself, what kept me out of recovery was I had such severe anxiety and social phobia that I, I isolated for basically 10 years of my life with two small children. Um, once I started feeling accepted in the community, that's when the growth and the, and the recovery really took off. Yeah, and I, I I can relate to a lot of your story there as far as having, you know, social anxiety. Um, I, I do see the, the benefits of, of feeling empowered and comfortable to, to go out and participate, um, you know, to the, to, to your, to the best of your ability. Um, so, uh, for peer recovery specialists out there that maybe don't have a, a community inclusion specialist at their agency or organization or employer, uh, what could, could they do? What would you recommend that they could do to, um, help kind of facilitate community inclusion for the peers that they work with? Sure. Actually, you know, as, as part of the domains, um, as a peer recovery specialist, I've actually, you know, as part of my job working on, um, act teams, um, I've actually been doing that for years just by taking people out shopping, uh, people that normally, um, would be homebound people that have anxiety disorders, just having them go with me one-to-one, um, shopping maybe to the library, even just to walk, you know, uh, you know, as, as peers, we do a lot of our, our great things just by walking and talking with people. Uh, of course, then too, uh, pre-COVID, we did groups, uh, wellness groups, walking. Uh, we went to many, many area uh, parks, museums. Um, we did lunch together. I had a men's group, uh, which we would go to McDonald's maybe once a week. Um, and just just be together as peers out in the community. So a lot of the, the peer work, people have been doing this already. Mm-hmm. Um, the main focus with community inclusion is getting to the resources in the community, the organizations, the churches, the businesses, um, to become recovery allies and partners and to recognize that stigma and mis- misinformation is what causes discriminate, discrimination and mar- marginalization. So part of our, our jobs as peers is to educate people about mental health, behavioral health, substance abuse, um, and to let them know we're, we're just like everybody else. 
So how are how are you doing that? How are you trying to change kind of the hearts and minds of some of these businesses and and organizations that you're reaching out to? Are you are you doing presentations? Are you bringing, uh, you know, material? Like what what does that look like for you? Well, since this position just started, I actually uh, did a mass email um, with actually what my job description is with an introduction. Um, a little bit about community inclusion. Um, I'm actually gonna, I've actually contacted many restaurants to see if they're welcoming. So a lot of it's gonna be, you know, knocking on people's doors um, and letting them know who I am and what I do. Um, the, the hardest part, especially with churches, is the majority of them are closed during the week. They're only open on Sunday. Um, another thing would be social media, um, a Facebook account, um, a meetup group, um, also doing a monthly calendar with community inclusion um, supports in the community. Um, I'm also partner partnering with Mental Health America Virginia as well as NAMI CVA um, to get the word out about community inclusion. Um, I think there was a program at um, NAMI at one time, Raise Friends, where actually people on the weekend, would, a group of peers would get out and they'd go to the movies, they'd go bowling, uh, they would go shopping down on Terry Street, for example, uh, just getting folks out in the community um, around other people. And that's one of the hardest parts, especially with COVID, is actually getting people to understand what community inclusion means. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it seems kind of obvious in a way, but it's also very broad. So it, it, it obviously could include so many different types of um, interactions. Um, so for, and maybe this is kind of an odd question, um, but, you know, kind of what is in it for a business or an organization to to um, become a, a recovery ally. What would be the advantage? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a that's a great thing. First of all, um, to be part of the change movement, um, which is to welcome everybody in our diverse society. You know, that's mm-hmm. number one. Um, once again, too, as a business owner, when you start welcoming people from all different populations, it's going to increase, you know, the, the revenue that you make. Right. Um, another, another great suggestion is for, um, which I'm working with VC Rams and recovery and their recovery ally program is to start educating business businesses on how to become a recovery ally. Um, and a lot of that has to do with recovery language, recovery education, um, taking a stigma pledge. I know NAMI and Mental Health of America Virginia have stigma pledges that we're not going to stigmatize people with behavioral health problems. Um, and just to become a welcome, welcoming, nurturing, and supportive um, ally and partner in the community. And when we do that, it makes all of society better. You know, we, we are welcoming to everybody. We learn about mental health and we learn that it is a brain disease. Um, that people with mental health challenges are not violent. They're actually the recipients of violence more than what what society tells us about mental health. True, true. Um, So I guess looking ahead to the future, um, what would be kind of an ideal 
what would you think would be an ideal situation um, for kind of, uh, and this might be kind of too vague to answer, but, you know, like an average peer, um, you know, what would be uh, uh, an ideal day for them if community inclusion were, um, you know, commonplace, uh, if, if sure. stigma was not a, a, an issue? Uh, what do you think that would look like for them? Well, I mean, you know, I think there'd be a lot less stares and looks. I mean, I um, not only was embarrassed when I, you know, when I was um, pre-recovery, but I, I've taken many, many people out in public and, you know, right away, um, you, you know, you get the stares, um, you know, get people looking at you. Um, people don't smile as much at you, but maybe, you know, more smiles and more recognition that, you know, uh, these are people just like us and that they be we belong. Um, and, you know, that's one of the challenges out there is because everybody's not going to, you know, right away understand behavioral health. But um, the goal, first of all, is advocacy always to advocate for, for mental health change, mm -hmm. to advocate for mental health support, um, to advocate for welcoming communities. Um, and part of that, you know, education goes hand in hand with that. Um, the other part is, is just, you know, empathy, having, you know, sincere empathy for our fellow man and recognizing that, um, you know, behavioral health is, is a disease just like heart disease. Um, diabetes, et cetera, you know? Um, so, so it is a challenge, but the, the main thing is just to get out there and do it. And um, just to, to bravely, you know, walk in the community, take, take groups in the community, um, educate, um, volunteer. You know, I, I can't say enough about Mental Health America, Virginia and NAMI about how y'all have helped um, the behavioral health community by, you know, by having warm lines, by all of the activities mm -hmm. that you do in the community to support mental health and behavioral health. Um, you know, Virginia, Virginia, you know, peer, re peer recovery specialist network, this podcast, these are all so, so, so important to helping the masses um, out in the community understand mental health and how we can make things better, not only for the, you know, the recovery community, but for the community at large. Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, I, 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 I agree with your, um, I, I don't think, you know, mental health challenges, there's an on or off switch. I, I think, like you said, it's a spectrum and we're, we all move across that spectrum on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, uh, you know, over the life, uh, a lifetime. Um, I, I, yeah, I think, we see mental health um, or behavioral health as kind of this on or off switch. And I just don't think that's the way it works. <laughs> no, um, I agree. So do you have any particular success stories that you could share? Um, I mean, I know you have, you know, this is a new position for you, but um, do you have, yeah. Do you have any success stories that you can share with us? Well, I mean, I have, I have my own success story because, you know, I was a person who, um, was actually on disability because because of my physical as well as mental health challenges for many years. Um, I'm now working full time. I'm act actively contributing back to society, and I found my passion and I found something that I really love. Um, we're currently working with people um, vocationally to get back into the community. Uh, once again, we know as we know when people have a purpose. Um, 
they enjoy life, they live longer, their recovery rates are higher, um, they have less hospitalizations. Um, so we are currently working one-on-one -on -one with folks to get out in the community. Uh, a big obstacle, once again, is, you know, um, transportation, which we're mm -hmm. trying to link with, trans with transportation for people. Uh, Richmond, currently, the, the buses are running free. I believe that's till June 1st. Um, but we're, you know, we're trying to find a network uh, for people to have transportation to go places. That's number one. Um, the second is we're trying to link with, you know, faith communities to be welcoming at churches as well as businesses. Um, anybody that's, you know, listening to this podcast, I mean, I'm going to, I, hopefully my, my email will be, you know, on the website. Oh, if yes. If they want to contact me and be part of a welcoming um, recovery community, I would love to to put them on a referral list of a place that people can go. Um, you know, and, you know, it's basically I've been calling up a lot of businesses and sending a lot of emails. So we are looking for partnerships in the Richmond metro area, as well as state statewide um, to have um, community inclusion with welcoming partners that welcome people with behavioral health, welcome all people with disabilities. So, yeah, you need like almost like a, a sticker that they can put on their door sure, you know, that is, says, is there yeah. something like that? Well, there is. I, mean, I know the LGBT community has a sticker that welcomes. And mm -hmm. that's something I'm going to be working on, kind of getting some sort of sticker without copyright, copywriting somebody else's idea. But just a sticker that says we welcome we welcome people with mental health challenges. We welcome people with uh, substance misuse challenges. We welcome people with disabilities. We welcome people, diverse people from all populations. Um, you know, once again, I, I'm a firm believer that you know, we're here to love each other. And that's, you know, as we get older, you really find out that that's the purpose and really to love each other and support each other. Well, and, and, and like you said, there is some benefit I can see to the agency or business or organization, because I know I personally would, would seek out um, businesses that if I knew that this, this uh, existed and I was, you know, out running errands and you know there's a store there that's got this sticker that says you know we're recovery allies you know i i'm likely going to go in there just for that yeah. reason because they support something that i you know that's near and dear to my heart so um yeah i think that's a <laughs> uh a, a good idea just I to know, highlight yeah. it in the community plus it makes it more obvious for those who maybe don't have a, a close friend or family member or themselves that struggles you know for some people mental health challenges is kind of on the fringe. And so seeing that, you know, on their favorite store uh, window uh, yeah. might, might educate them as well um, or inspire them to learn more. There is, um, there is, I mean, there's, I, when you start Googling stuff, there is one co recovery coffee shop in downtown Richmond. So I'm trying to find a network of more co coffee shops and restaurants that people will know are, you know, um, recovery friendly. Uh, there is a recovery ally sticker, but with that, you, you need to take the recovery ally training. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is education on mental health and substance use. And then also the pledge uh, to be stigma free, which is very important. Um, so, you know, I, we're trying not to copyright. Right, right. You know, yeah. But we're, we're also going to be in partner with them. But that's what I'm looking to try to do is come up with some sort of emblem and present it to area businesses and churches um, to let people know that they are 
uh, recovery, commu commu community inclusion um, friendly and welcoming. So uh, we're almost uh, towards the end here. Do you have any final thoughts or advice that you would like to share with maybe other peer recovery specialists working he here in Virginia and what they might be able to do to, you know, help facilitate community inclusion in their area? Sure. I mean, you know, once again, you know, our society has gone through some great changes uh, for the positive. Once again, um, I think the future looks bright. The big thing is to keep advocating for change, um, keep an open conversation, just like this podcast is, to address the need for unbiased community inclusion. Um, this would, you know, this helps as peers. We help people face the obstacles of stigma, discrimination, and marginalization. You know, once again, recovery is about growth. You know, they say the top of one mountain is the bottom of another. So we must keep climbing, you know, once again, things don't happen overnight, but to have a, you know, a social conscious that um, people with behavioral health challenges need to be included and, and live a life just like everybody else, you know, mm -hmm. that's the main thing is, is just to keep advocating, uh, keep pushing, keep taking, going out in public, keep looking for places um, that will welcome uh, people from all diverse populations. Well, you, you did send me um, quite a lot of uh, good resources uh, regarding this, this concept. So I will be including those in the show notes for this episode. Uh, so for people who want, who want to learn more, uh, please go check out the website, uh, the webpage for this particular episode. And, and I, Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Danielle. I did want to say Temple University, um, they're... Collaborate on community inclusion. They have a great website with a lot of resources for peers. Um, you know, and I, I've gone down the list, you know, Spirits Works Foundation, but once again, you can put them on the website. But um, Temple University has a great program for, you know, community inclusion. Um, so if, if anybody gets a chance to look that up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, thank you uh, for what you do and uh, for joining me today. Um, I really appreciate learning more about this. So um, thanks for taking the time. Hey, thank you, Danielle. It was, and thank you for, for being a mentor to me. We've done uh, trainings in the past and the work that, that you do with, um, you know, with, with Mental Health of Virginia America and with, you know, the, the peer network. I mean, it's just awesome. So, I mean, I know you've been doing this for years and we really appreciate your passion for helping us and those with, you know, mental health and behavioral health challenges. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that too. Um, and, and while we're thanking everybody, I'd also like to thank uh, our listeners for listening to the Peer into Recovery podcast, uh, which is brought to you by the Virginia Peer Recovery Specialist Network and Mental Health America Virginia. And if you like our show and would like to subscribe to the podcast, please visit our website at www.vprsn.org. And please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, in the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone. See you soon. Mm -hmm.